Hi there. Welcome back to Sunday School. I'm Mike Stedham. Well, it's over. Christmas Day was a couple of days ago, and for many of us, it's time to start looking ahead to the new year. We have another holiday coming up, and then for many of us, we'll be back at work probably before you even know it. Uh, so the Christmas season, however, continues in the church, and in the liturgical calendar, we'll still be in Christmas for the next couple of weeks. The 12 days of Christmas that we've been singing about ad nauseum uh, during the pre-season, during Advent, well, those 12 days come after December 25th. And they lead up to January the 6th, uh, Epiphany. That's uh, traditionally the date that we celebrate the uh, arrival of the wise men, bringing their gold and frankincense and myrrh and stuff like that. This year's Christmas study in the Sunday School book has been focusing on the book of John. Now, of the four Gospels, John is the one that is most different from the others. Uh, it's better organized in one sense, that better organized as a theological argument, uh, as John uh, decides to put various elements together, uh, and he puts them together more thematically than chronologically. And today, we're going to be in the 14th chapter of John, and this is part of what's known as the final discourse. This is the conversation that Jesus has with his disciples uh, upon his last week, the week leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, as we said last week, the book of John makes Christ's divinity more explicit than the three synoptic gospels. Jesus seems to be uh, not trying to hide his divinity, but he doesn't emphasize it. His humanity, his actions are emphasized in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In John, he talks quite openly to his disciples, as he will in uh, the passage we're looking at today, about being the Son of God, about being the incarnate God who's come down to earth to be with God's people. And really, that's an appropriate study for us at this time, because really, what is Christmas? Except, uh, as we talk about it, it's this celebration of this great gift that God has given to humanity, the gift of actually coming into our world to see life through human eyes, to feel life through a human body, to be able to appreciate and to better understand God's creation by actually being here. And last week we talked about how Jesus is described in the book of John as the Word, the creative power of God, and also the light of God, the light that enables us to see what God's plan is. And that particular item is going to be continued in today's lesson. So the disciples were sitting around with Jesus, and they were discussing uh, his uh, leaving the earth, how he was going to leave them to carry on his mission. Uh, this is at the time when his earthly ministry is just about completed. And Thomas has asked Jesus to show them the way. And of course, Jesus comes out with the famous statement that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Well, we're in the 14th chapter of John, and just after Jesus has explained that to them, uh, Philip, another of the apostles, turns to Jesus and has a question of his own, because he's beginning to to see what's going on, but, but he wants more clarity. Uh, literally, he wants more light on the subject. 
We're in uh, verse 8 of chapter 14 of the book of John. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. They've been discussing how Jesus is showing them the way to God. And now Philip actually asks to look upon God. Now, as I've said many times, when you look in the Hebrew Bible, the concept of looking at God, of actually seeing God's face, well, that's asking for your life to be over in a sense, because they believe that God's power and might, God's holiness, was such that mortals, normal human beings, could not look on the face of God and remain alive. But the incarnation, the whole story of Christmas, changes that from our perspective as Christians. We are able to look into the face of Jesus and see the face of God. Well, that's the point Jesus is about to make. Philip says, show us the Father. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? By this point, the disciples have been together, we believe, around three years. We believe that's about the length of time that Jesus' earthly ministry took place. Three years doesn't have to seem like a a long time. It can seem like uh, quite a short time, really. But if you focus on doing just one thing for three years, well, uh, day after day, uh, month after month, year after year for three years, that's a pretty intensive training program. That's like getting a master's degree or a doctorate for these, um, these young men who are following Jesus around. And so Jesus said, you've been with me long enough now, Philip. You ought to recognize, you ought to have seen uh, what I am showing you. How can you say this? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? So Jesus uses this reflective language. It's not just that Jesus is a human representation of God, but God is also in Jesus and Jesus is also in God. It's it's a culmination of both parts. It's, It's reciprocal. And this part of the incarnation, in other words, we believe that uh, Jesus came here uh, as God's emissary to show us the way to save us from sin and and to repair the damage done by the original sin. But also, it's a two-way street. The Father is in the Son. The Son is in the Father. The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So even these words that I am saying, Jesus tells the apostles, these are the words coming from God. You're listening to God right now as you're listening to Jesus. This is what he's telling them. If you want to have a conversation with God, Jesus is saying, talk to me. I'm here. I'm now. This is how we are communicating. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father, the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Now, we talk a lot about what Jesus accomplished uh, during his earthly ministry. The miracles are always going to be a big part of the story. Feeding the 5,000, helping, allowing the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf 
to hear, even raising people from the dead. Jesus has all these miraculous powers, but they're here for a reason. This is God's stamp of approval. This is the proof that people needed in order to believe that Jesus' message did indeed come from the author of life, the creator of the universe, God himself. This is what it took for them to have that belief. And now Jesus says to Philip, you can trust my words because you've seen the evidence. The proof, as they say, is in the pudding. Jesus is the spitting image of God. If you want to understand what God's all about, you need to look at what Jesus has been doing. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. So Jesus had an impact on hundreds, maybe thousands of lives, but in a three-year period, in the uh, rather isolated, out-of-the-way area of Israel, this one little part of the world. Jesus can have only impact on those people that he has a chance to come in contact with. The works, the miracles of Jesus are going to end when Jesus returns to the heavenly realms. But more is going to be done. When you think about what the apostles themselves, the, the people who are gathered in that room, they indeed do take these miracles. They do take the message that Jesus has been giving them, and they transform the world. Our world is different today, two millennia later, because of the influence of the teaching that Jesus planted in these people, the books they wrote, the lives they touched, the messages that they took out, the work of Christianity in the world today, as we are trying to take the good part of, of what we have learned into the world today. This continues, and we go way beyond the physical limitation, the small area of land where Jesus actually physically was, and now these things have gone on farther and farther. And Jesus is our emissary now, to God. Jesus, we believe, of course, listens to our prayer, and Jesus takes that to the Father. I think that's what he's talking about here when he talks about in verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. It's always difficult to, to hear Jesus say that I will do whatever you ask me to do. And people, of course, then, uh, being human, we ask things in a selfish way. We want Jesus to do this for us or that for us. But I think the, the important part that is often left out when, when people are discussing this is the, the reason why we have these things done, the reason why. It's so that the name of God can be glorified. What Jesus did was not for himself. In fact, when Jesus asked God if he could be spared the, the physical agony of the crucifixion, uh, that wasn't possible. So uh, that's not something that would bring glory to God. God chose not to do that. So today, it seems that when people are asking God to do things, is it for the glory of God? Is it to spread God's message? Is it to bring the reconciliation of 
that God so much wants to have with God's people and with all of creation, is that really the motive? Or at least I, I think that that's where it comes from. Well, I hope you've had a good holiday season so far. And next week, we'll be talking about getting ready for the new year. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the greatest gift of all time, for the incarnation, for the life of Christ who showed us the kind of life we can live because God, he showed us your presence, your face in the human world. Thank you so much for this. Help us to share that message with others this week. In Christ's name, amen.